the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. So... There's an interesting race going on for governor on the Republican side in the state of Ohio. It's one that I kind of thought was just um, a sideshow compared to the Senate race, because the Senate race is full of the kind of invectives that we saw on Friday in Gahanna, and tonight maybe more in a debate in Cleveland that's an hour long that will be broadcast on some television stations around say I don't see what I don't see what good what good substance can come from that senate debate tonight because the format is just stupid like candidates get like 30 seconds to talk and then 15 seconds to respond and it's to leave it to TV to ruin an event they've ruined sports on TV they've ruined everything they ruined news on TV they've ruined everything and now they're going to ruin a debate but the governor's race has always been like ah eh. DeWine's going to win. He's the incumbent. He's been known forever. He's got name recognition. And it's a Republican-leaning state. So he's going to beat back the challenge of Joe Blystone, the farmer from Canal Winchester, and Jim Renese, Renese, rather, um, who has run for Senate, served in the U.S. Congress, and wants to be the governor. He's going to win. Then the polls started coming out. And DeWine's ahead. And DeWine's comfortably ahead. But, well, he's he's... He's clearly ahead. I don't know whether he's comfortably ahead. Because if he were comfortably ahead, would Mike DeWine refuse to debate Joe Blystone and Jim Renacci? I mean, it doesn't look good when you duck a debate. It looks like, well, guess what? It looks like you're ducking. (laughs) And there is a debate, or supposed to be one, on Tuesday... March the 29th. It's a week from tomorrow. Central State University in Greene County. What is Mike DeWine lives like a couple drivers in a five iron from Central State University. No problem getting there. But he's not going to get there. He's not going to go there. Because what? The other candidates aren't there? No, they were going to come. They were waiting for him to say he was coming. They were waiting. Renacy. Ron Hood and Blystone for DeWine to say he's going. Doesn't do those three any good to debate each other. Debates serve your purpose if you can take on the front runner. I think DeWine owes it to the people of the state of Ohio to face some of the questions he would face at that debate. But of course, Mike DeWine is not interested in facing those questions because Mike DeWine has nothing to gain by debating them. Blystone, Renacy, Hood might make a favorable impression on people. And I've said all along that DeWine has a tougher time winning the primary in the state of Ohio than he will have winning the general. Not going to have any problem 
beating Nan Whaley. He might have a little bit more problem beating John Cranley, the uh, former mayor of Cincinnati. Cranley, smart guy. Nan Whaley, I don't think you're going to become the governor of the state of Ohio with the mayor of Dayton as your launching office. So DeWine won't debate them. But, but, he decides on this weekend, the Ohio Beef Expo at the State Fairgrounds, probably in town. Thinks, ah, I'll run out there, shake a few hands with a couple farmers, show I'm a man of the people. He goes out there, and guess who he runs into? He runs into Joe Blystone. Of course he does. Joe Blystone is a farmer. Joe Blystone probably knows all those beef guys because he runs his own beef farm and his restaurant, Canal Winchester. So Blystone's in his element. DeWine, he probably had to be reminded not to wear a suit. Do I have a pair of jeans, friend? Friend, do I have jeans? So DeWine shows up at the Beef Expo, and Blystone is there, and DeWine sees Blystone. Blystone did not go over to DeWine. DeWine came over to Blystone, and he engages Blystone in this scrum of people. And Blystone's assertion is that DeWine... Responding to Blystone's inquiry, why won't you debate me? DeWine, little Mike DeWine, says what he's probably wanted to say to everyone who's ever challenged him anyway. Mike DeWine, with the protection of the uh, law enforcement officers in his security entourage within a few feet of him, tells Joe Blystone, He's not going to debate him, and if he did, he would kick Joe Blystone, well, in an area of Joe Blystone's anatomy that is often cited as the place somebody will kick you if they are going to uh, dominate you. And four-letter word, a uh, three-letter word starts with A. Okay. <laughs> I find this so funny and so telling, Okay. So funny because it's so out of character what any of us would assume is part of Mike DeWine's character. And so telling because it shows that if he accomplishes nothing else with his campaign, cowboy hat wearing Joe Blystone, gray beard, always wearing blue jeans, talking just with homespun normal conversational tones. Joe Blystone has wedged and welded his way firmly under Mike DeWine's skin. I mean, he's under there, man. DeWine is clearly bothered. I don't think it would bother DeWine if he had to run a primary against Jim Renacci because Renacci's run for office before, he's held office before. Renacci's going to run a campaign and has run a campaign. Pretty much like every other conventional candidate runs a campaign, right? I'm going to do the kissing babies and the shaking hands. I'm going to go here and there. And I'm always be wearing a suit in public and I'll send out the mail campaigns and all. Yeah. That doesn't scare Mike DeWine because Mike DeWine has run for everything from prosecutor to senator. And he's run for it and won and been successful and carved out a career resume as a many times elected to office public servant. 
along that parameter. But a guy in boots and blue jeans, a farmer, getting 20% of the voters to side with him with the very distinctive campaign sign of the state of Ohio outlined with a cowboy hat on it. That Mike DeWine has not encountered. And that Mike DeWine does not have in his frame of reference. And that makes Mike DeWine uncomfortable. Maybe, maybe even a little scared because the populism of Trumpism fits at least the possibility, fuels the possibility, that maybe Joe Blystone could win this. Now, I'm sure that DeWine is looking at being reelected governor of the state of Ohio as the last step in his political career. After this, he and Fran can retire to their residence in Cedarville or thereabouts, have the grandkids over, eat Fran's soup and apple pie, And Mike DeWine will have crafted a fairly impressive political resume as he lives out his golden years. But if he would lose as an incumbent governor, an incumbent Republican governor with unquestioned name recognition in a state where, like, we're not Virginia, okay? Like, we're not a heavily blue state that is maybe ready to change our political stripes because the whole state has gone down the dumper crime-wise, education-wise. I mean, we got our problems. But DeWine, if he loses the primary to Joe Blystone, A guy who's never, I don't think Joe Blystone's ever run for township trustee. Maybe he has. I don't know. He's just a a hardworking Joe, literally and figuratively, a hardworking Joe. And if DeWine would lose to him, all that time DeWine spent in the prosecutor's office, attorney general, state of Ohio, state senator from the state of Ohio, governor of the state of Ohio, all that would be a footnote in the historical Wikipedia page of Mike DeWine's political Mike DeWine, incumbent governor of the state of Ohio, was upset in the Republican primary in a solidly Republican state that went for Trump by eight percentage points two years before he was shockingly defeated by an inexperienced politician but successful farmer named Joe Blystone. That becomes the first line of the Mike DeWine political epitaph. And he doesn't like that. He doesn't like to even think about that. And so when he saw Joe Blystone at the Ohio Beef Expo, Mike DeWine's like, well, I'm at the Beef Expo. I got a beef with you, and I'm going to tell you what it is. And I'm not debating you, because you'll make me, at least you might make me look bad in front of people. And I'm not taking that chance, Joe Blystone. So that, I think, is what was behind the chesty comment for Mike DeWine, that he would kick Joe Blystone's derriere if they debated. Well, then do it. Then do it, little man. Like, come on, do it. Big talk, no action is what that is. Don't make that threat. It's one thing if Blystone makes the threat. But if DeWine's going to make the threat, 
pretty empty threat if you're not going to stand up and prove that you're right. Well, the uh, I'll just say she's the newest Supreme Court justice, Katanji Brown Jackson. She is going to be the newest Supreme Court justice. There's no chance that she's not going to be confirmed by the Senate. I don't think that there will be enough uh, Republican senators, maybe even. I, I don't think there will be enough Republican senators. I don't think the Senate on the Republican side will stay united against her. Okay. Josh Hawley has come out pointing out Katanji Brown-Jackson's past, um, I'll say, error on how she has adjudicated cases involving child pornographers. Like she said dumb things. She's given very lenient sentences. She's made allowances for child, uh, you know, pedophiles. Legally, uh, maybe it's not as nefarious as we all think it is. It's all part of the left's viewpoint that the sexualization of children is really not a bad thing. In fact, it'd be good for kids, right? Be good for kids to be sexualized. So Hawley has found cases where she's just been way beyond the pale in her light sentences of child predators. But that's not what his objection will be painted as. It'll be a course painted as racism and there are senators who are running for office who will not want that as a sledgehammer used against them in the run-up to their hopeful re-election in september in uh, in uh, november so katanji brown jackson is going to be confirmed the thing we need to be praying for is that clarence thomas the uh, lion of conservatism on the court has been hospitalized with an infection. And of course, of course, the leftists are now coming out on social media saying, hey, maybe we'll get lucky and he'll die. Because they are, of course, if nothing else, extremely tolerant and compassionate people on the left. He has been in the hospital since Friday after experiencing flu-like symptoms. I can only imagine the glee that would be openly expressed by the left if Clarence Thomas died of COVID. They would love, 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 love that, given some of the things that his wife has said about how the government has handled COVID and vaccines and the like. Um, Hopefully, the reports that his uh, symptoms are abating uh, are true, and Clarence Thomas will be fine because um, Clarence Thomas, if Clarence Thomas would die while Joe Biden is in office, well, all those screaming and yelling fits that the Democrats had about Amy Coney Barrett being named to succeed Ruth Bader Ginsburg, about how it was so important that if Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, you had to appoint somebody exactly like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Those would not be restated in the case of Clarence Thomas uh, possibly passing away while a Democrat was in the White House. Now we'd get a woke successor to Clarence Thomas. So hopefully uh, Judge Thomas will be fine and he will recover and everything will be great with him. I wanted to go back to the dust up between JD Vance, uh, excuse me, the dust up between Josh Mandel and Mike Gibbons and give you JD Vance's spin on it. I said I think Vance will be the guy who will benefit from it in the polls. If he doesn't benefit in the polls, JD Vance can't win. Right now, as a candidate who's on the outside looking in, 
as a candidate who has something against him that people or many of his critics go to right away. Why aren't you voting for J.D. Vance? Oh, J.D. Vance. Oh, the guy who said he would never vote for Trump? The guy who said Trump was a nut job? I'll never vote for J.D. Vance. Okay. So when you have that on your resume, you need to either have people stop saying that, which they're not going to because in the state of Ohio, it's still clearly Trump country. Or you need the guys who are ahead of you to screw up and come back to you. And I think the Mandel-Gibbons dust-up brings them back to Vance. Of course, the same thing could have benefited Matt Dolan if he wasn't so outside true conservatism with his sponsorship, not just support, but sponsorship of the Equality Act in the Ohio legislature. I can't believe, extremely disappointed. By the way, Josh Mandel, you're a fighter, so I've been told a thousand times, how do you let Matt Dolan skate Josh Mandel on being a co-sponsor of the Equality Act? I shouldn't I shouldn't ask Josh solely Josh that question. I should ask Gibbons that question and Timken that question and Vance that question. Free political consulting advice from me as you get ready to debate tonight in Cleveland. Is anybody going to call out Matt Dolan for supporting the LGBTQ movement as a protected class? Is anybody going to call out Matt Dolan for supporting them as a protected class, which would lead to more biological boys playing girls sports in the state of Ohio? As I said, I was at the girls state basketball tournament two weeks ago and the boys state basketball tournament this past weekend. On the bench of one of the teams from rural Ohio in the girls tournament was an obvious biological man in a dress sitting with the girls on the bench, like trainer, coach, something. And I'm like, from rural Ohio, really? We got this? With the, I can't go into any further description so as to protect the uh, identity of the school, which I don't know why I am, but I like the area where that school comes from, but I was stunned. And then over the weekend in the boys' tournament, We've got a biological boy, clearly, dressed in the glittery cheerleader outfit, doing handstands and cartwheels at midcourt during a timeout. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is what Matt Dolan is for in the state of Ohio because he says it's good for business. Anybody going to call him out on that? So Dolan and Timken also could benefit from the Gibbons thing with Josh Mandel, but I don't think so. Here's J.D. Vance on War Room with Steve Bannon the day after the dust-up in Gahanna. What happened last night, and how did it impact the audience? Because this is a poll of the audience, correct? Yeah, we had about, I don't know, 800, 900 people there, and the straw poll said that I won by over a two-to-one margin because Man- Mandel and Gibbons, who are, I think they're the other two candidates that have a decent chance of winning the Senate seat, uh, they completely made clowns of themselves. I mean, you know, Gibbons is like a 70-year-old guy, and Mandel stands up there like he's going to fight him. He gets in his face. He calls him names. And I'm just thinking, man, this is how you show you're a fighter, that you're tough. You're going to beat up on a 70-year-old man. And next week, he's going to go to the nursing home and beat up on a bunch of 80-year-old ladies to show he's tough. I don't think that's in Josh Mandel's plan. But Vance was happy. and We'll see if the polls bear out why he's happy.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.